Welcome to the Exploring Unschooling Podcast. For countless parents, the journey to unschooling has redefined childhood and transformed their family relationships. Are you curious? Together, let's explore what living and learning looks like without school. Hello, explorers. I'm Pamela Riccia, and this is episode number 268 of the podcast. It's the 10th of March, 2021, as I record this intro. This week, I have a wonderful conversation with Karen Matthews. Karen and her grown son, Tyler, own a furniture and woodcraft business together. We talk about how their unschooling journey began and how following Tyler's interests has not only been a rewarding path for him, but also for her. Karen shares some of the big aha moments she had and paradigm shifts she made through the years. We also talk about questioning our cultural views around productivity and expectations. Karen's focus on following her son's joy and cultivating his passions has led them to the connected relationship and wonderful life they enjoy now. It's so inspiring. One of the paradigm shifts Karen shares came from an impactful conversation she had with a speaker at a homeschooling conference when she was first exploring taking her son out of school. So with a little bit of digging after the call, I wanted to share that the speaker was Cindy Gaddis. And what's extra fun is that Cindy has been a guest on the podcast back in episode 40, Paradigm Shifts with Cindy Gaddis. I'll put the link to that episode in the show notes. Also, this is the last call for questions for the upcoming Q&A show I'll be recording soon with Sue Patterson. Email your question to me at pam at livingjoyfully.ca. Sue and I are looking forward to diving into your questions together. As a personal update, the temperatures are above freezing for the next few days, which is very fun. And we changed to daylight savings time this weekend. Just baby steps. I've been listening to more gardening podcasts, and I signed up for this year's Harvest Share program with the wonderful community and teaching farm just down the road from us. Also, so many great shower thoughts this morning. (laughs) I'm feeling the awakening energy of spring. And with that, I want to take a moment to thank everyone who has chosen to support the podcast through Patreon. And a big welcome to new patron, Amber Barak. Bariaktari. <laughs> Sorry, Amber, if I mess that up. And hi. I deeply appreciate all my patrons. Your generous support helps pay for the hosting and transcription, as well as my time spent creating new episodes each week. It's instrumental in keeping the podcast archive freely available to anyone who's curious and wants to explore the fascinating world of unschooling. If you'd like to join my community of patrons and scoop up some great rewards along the way, check out the Exploring Unschooling page at patreon.com. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash exploring unschooling. And in the last week on Patreon, I have shared this month's digital wallpaper and the video of a talk I recorded for an online conference earlier this year, Unschooling Through the Teen Years. And I'm thinking of more interesting things that I can share and also get some feedback on. I'm having a lot of fun with it. And now, let's dive into my conversation with Karen. Welcome, I'm Pamela Riccia from livingjoyfully.ca, and today I'm here with Karen Matthews. Hi, Karen. Hello. Hello. Now, we were recently introduced through a mutual friend, and I'm really excited to learn more about your unschooling journey. 
So to get us started, can you share with us a bit about you and your family and what everybody's interested in right now? Sure. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I always have felt like I had a lot to say about this subject. Um, Anytime someone asks question, you know, on the internet, like, what could you talk to anybody about at any time? And I'm like, mm, this is it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know how many people want to listen to me, but <laughs> I got plenty to say. Um, so let's see, my family is the three of us, my husband, Tim, myself and Tyler. We uh, live in North Carolina. We moved around a little bit for the past. Um, it's my second marriage. So about five years, um, six years this year, we've been married. Um, so Tyler's stepdad and we moved around. Um, we've, we moved to California. Um, we lived in Northern California for a couple years. It was a job promotion for me. And then I got homesick for the South and my family. And so we came back and we've lived in North Carolina again for four years. And so, um, you know, what we're all kind of into, we're all sort of crafty people, you know, we're all sort of artsy people. We like, um, you know, we, we watch movies and, uh, we paint things and we build things. And, um, my husband works at a, at a company that's kind of that sort of same thing, like a general manager of a place that's a, you know, full of craftsmen, that sort of thing. And then my son and I own a business where we build um, repurposed pallet furniture um, and other seasonal decor things for your home, like farmhouse style style stuff. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. I love how all those little bits, even though they're all very different, they all kind of thread together into, like you said, just kind of that crafty, artsy Mm -hmm. ethos, right? It's also very... um, you know, I, I don't know if we're just slow learners, but we, we always have been like that. And that's our happiest times. But sometimes we force ourselves to go do other things like jobs that are more job jobs, you know, mm-hmm. and it's, we're not, we we do it and we're okay with it, but it's not our bliss, you know, it's not our happy place. And so, um, you know, we, we have a huge garden. Um, we all work in the yard together. We all like, you know, like I said, paint and build and do that kind of thing. And so when we're doing that, we're the happiest. So we're super happy right now because we're doing it and we're making money. (laughs) So (laughs) two and one. (laughs) Two and one, right? Right. Yeah, that's the bonus. Like you said, you know, sometimes we're doing jobs and what we're getting out of it is is the paycheck too, right? That's right. And I did it for I did it for four years since we moved back from California. And so my my scheduled self, my goal oriented self, my check it off the list self um, that I try to let go of as often as possible um, is, you know, kind of I, I feel like I'm trying to play catch up because I've been sequestered in my mind, like in jail <laughs> for four years paying the bills. Mm-hmm. And um, it just came out, you know, really I would say about four weeks ago is when I left there. So this is new for me to be able to be at home. And, um, you know, it was really a blessing because Tyler and I were doing this already together. My son, who's the number one carpenter for our business, I 
I was having to communicate with him via text, draw pictures, show that. And then this and this. And the very first day, you know, I'm nervous. I'm like, oh, gosh, did I do the right thing? I don't know. It feels right. I don't know. And then he came back in and asked me a question. And he turned around and he looked at me and he goes, mom, that was a lot easier (laughs) than texting and drawing pictures and (laughs) waiting for three hours to get a response because I'm busy, (laughs) that sort of thing. So it's been good, but I still feel like pressured to do, you know, so I'm, I'm trying to relax about it which, you know, relax is like the theme of my life. Like, relax, Karen. <laughs> relax about everything. <laughs> relax. It, it is. That is something that we have really absorbed, right, in our society, really, that need to be so, to be productive. And it is so fun to tease out with ourselves. I think really it boils down to, like, how much is asking myself how much of it is is my choice like I find myself super busy doing things you know doing the podcast writing you know the community but when I um, peel back a bit it's like these are all things I'm choosing to do so sometimes when I'm feeling busy and it starts to feel overwhelming right what really it is is just that little mental shift to remind myself Mm -hmm. I'm choosing this right right And so, and that you get to choose the things that each time we're just trying to take a little step forward to choosing things that bring us joy. I I agree. I I agree a hundred percent. It's, it is very interesting. Um, You know, our journey with Tyler being 23 now, I just feel um, that there, there's probably people to compare our journey with, you know, that did things a little similarly, but I don't even know how I would find that because I am not kidding when I tell you that that child grew up organically and I don't mean food (laughs) I mean as a baby you know I I see people um you know bedtime nap time meal time bath time we had none of that I mean not one thing but guess what he ate when he was hungry he slept when he was tired he you know I'm you know made him take a bath if he was dirt. I mean, it just, it was, and he was self-regulated that whole time. Like there was just no need for me to impose. And that was from like a baby. Like, I mean, he just was a, he just did what he wanted, you know, like he fell asleep at a reasonable time. So it was no need for me to put him in bed and go to sleep now, child, you know, he just, he just did. You know, now sometimes he fell asleep on the floor and I had to pick him up and put him somewhere, usually in the bed with me. I think he slept with me till we were 11. He might not want me to tell you that, but he did. And it was just, um, you know, that's just how we lived our life. And so he, he just had no, there wasn't a lot of rules about things. I would still, I knew about the rules. I was interested in them. Like I would think, you know, should I be doing this? Should I be doing that? And I would try in some way, I guess, to sort of give it some, like maybe, maybe make it be a little bit of a guide for me, Mm -hmm. but I just couldn't ever really fully commit to it because it was not comfortable for us. You know, we just, we did what felt good and that's how we lived. Um, We still do. 
And so even today when I walked out to check on him outside, you know, he has a shop outside in our backyard and it's so beautiful outside today. And, you know, spring is like right there on the little cusp. You feel that warmth and you, and we live, you know, there are lots of trees and things and you can see the buds. And I thought, I mean, I really did give pause for a moment and look up at the tree and think how wonderful is it that he gets to stand out here and work and, and do what he wants to do and not have to go rush off to a job or, you know, be in a class somewhere where he's, you know, white knuckling it through it because he wasn't a, you know, great school kid, you know, like we decided to homeschool after the fourth grade and um, we, you know, kind of, we, we kind of, we had some great influence though. We had some great friends that, you know, taught us and helped us and um, encouraged us and supported us. And I think that was really important. And back to this day, I think they're my favorite humans on earth. These people, these women that were like, I was like, can I do it? And I'm not a teacher. And they were like, are you kidding? <laughs> You're his first teacher. How did he learn to eat, Karen? <laughs> How did he learn to talk? How did he learn to walk? Who taught him to do that? And I was like, oh, I guess you're right. <laughs> Well, that's, that's really right. how it started. Yeah. I a homeschool group at a park. And then that park day was our like fiercely protected day every week, no matter what we went. And he had, you know, all the things that people that are very unfamiliar with homeschooling or unschooling think that they don't get. I mean, at any given time, he was around 20 kids all different ages, all different walks of life. Some people that were extremely um, book, you know, learned, like they wanted, they were going to college. They were, you know, classically trained, well-trained mind. They were doing all their quizzes and tests and all that kind of stuff. And then I, you know, had others that were like Tyler that were, you know, pretending and playing and, um, you know, forming relationships that to this day they still have. So you know, it's kind of a, it's the interesting thing when people don't, they just don't know yeah. what a, what a freeing um, experience it is to be able mm-hmm. to um, live your life that way. Well, I'd be curious to hear a little bit more of how you actually discovered unschooling, how you came across that first <laughs> wonderful park day and kind of what your journey for your family looked like as you kind of embraced unschooling and started walking that path? Well, I, I wish that I could say that it's just been like, I made my mind up and that's what we did. <laughs> but it wasn't, it really wasn't. Um, you know, I, at first you think school at home because mm-hmm. you don't know any better. Yeah. Um, you think I need workbooks. I need curriculum. I need blocks or something for math. I don't, I mean, I didn't know what to do. And um, I researched a lot. I was on the computer a lot, um, but I was drawn to those people that were, you know, more um, about what was interesting to their child. That to me was more interesting to me. Like mm-hmm. I wanted them, you know, I mean, having gone to school and having done that whole thing, my own self, I knew what school had to offer. Um, And this was different. You know, this was 
it's, I'll tell you this, the journey and the story, but a lot of times people ask me, well, so what do you do at homeschool or unschool? And this is how I describe it. I tell them, you know, when you get through all of middle school and high school and you take all those classes that you have to take and you have to pass, then you go to college and then you go for two years, two whole years more, and you take all those classes that you have to take, then you decide to declare your major. Like this is the thing at 20 years old that you're going to live your whole life doing that. This is your, this is what you want to do. Well, we do that now. That's what I tell people. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I skipped all that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I skipped all that. And now we do the things that we want to do now. So it's kind of like we just jumped, we just cut out all that have to stuff and went straight for the, this is what I'm good at. This is what I love to do. This is what makes me happy and smile. And, you know, fortunately for Tyler, he's learned, we've learned how to, um, you know, transform it into a business where he's actually able to do that and earn money doing it. And so, you know, that's, that's wonderful. But, you know, I started off, um, like I say, we had a local homeschool group. I loved all those women. They were all so, you know, different and, but just accepting, like just absolutely like wherever you were coming from in life was good. It was a very diverse group of people. I mean, we had, you know, like the cosmetic lady like me, we had the, you know, bio engineer person, we had the chemist, we had the home farm. We had, we had everything. And so being able to talk to that diverse of a group of people and get everyone's kind of like take on stuff. I mean, we did talk about um, kids and and there was a, and there's abundance of information out there for anybody's looking for it. You know, you can find all kinds of stuff, whether it be a co-op, whether it's, um, you know, just the curriculum itself or, you know, tell me what you used kind of thing. And people will, you know, give their advice. And so, you know, we, we just, we really did just drift, you know, drift to the unschooling. It was, it was not because I didn't like the other stuff. It was just not for us. And I could tell with Tyler, he just needed that, um, he needed the unconditional positive regard about what was important to him. And that brought him out of, you know, that made him shine. Um, one of the things that really, I guess, completely flipped my mind around was when we went, I went to a homeschool conference that was not even in the town that, I I mean, it was like hours away from me. And I, but I had found this woman um, that had homeschooled and I think unschooled sort of homeschooled because all her, she had seven children and they were all different and she named them different things. And I'm probably going to get it all wrong, but not names like their names, but I mean like the kind of learner that they were. Were they a creative learner? Were they a builder? Like, did they do blocks and Legos? Were they artistic? Did they play act? Did they pretend a lot? She had all these kind of little, um, you know, 
descriptions for her kids and she had written it out into different like age groups. Like when they're this age, this is what we were doing. And it just like rang a bell in my head for me. I thought, oh my gosh, this lady, she's, it's like, she's talking to me. Like I felt like she is talking to me. And so I went and, you know, all day, you know, you have your classes, you sign up for sessions and people are selling their stuff. And, you know, it's a wonderful day. I loved it. And so I went to her class. I was listening to her, you know, presentation. And the thing that she said, um, this is really this, I'll never forget it because she had a child that was 20 ish, maybe Tyler was 11 at this point, but he was 20 years old and he was on the spectrum. And he, she said that, um, you know, following her God through all of different things, like, the, the thing that the thing that she emphasized was they need to trust you. You can't be just telling them what to do all the time. You know, you have to there has to be a trust that what they're saying to you is being heard and it's valid and you listen to them um, because she said, and this is wise, because later in life, you're not going to be the person telling them what to do. They're going to have to make their own decisions and they're going to have to have that confidence that some, somebody has heard them and listened to them and trust them because at some point you go from being that person to being the collaborator. You know, you're somebody that's going to maybe have a conversation about something and you want your child to listen to you and trust you. And that's built when they're younger by deeply valuing what they're interested in and listening to them and kind of being in tune with that. And so that's what happened. She's telling the story. This is during her presentation. And she said, you know, so he, let's just jump to the chase. He's overcome many things. He's overcome many obstacles. He's gone through this. He's gone through that. Now he's 20 years old. He's decided he's going to go to community college. He goes to um, the college on his own. He gets the course book, you know, back in the day when they made books for that. <laughs> now you do it all online. But he went and got it. He came. She's like, he, you know, one of my favorite terms was marinate or percolate, marinating time. Tyler needs a lot of that. And he, she said, after a day or so, he came to me and he said, mom, I need to ask you some questions about the, the courses. And she said, okay, sure. What, what you got, what you want to talk about? And he said, well, I just don't know what to do. And he's like, she's like, oh, what's, I don't know. Like what's concerning you. And he said, well, mom, there's just, so, I've read the whole book and there's just so many things that I'm good at. I don't know where to begin. I don't know what to choose because I'm good at so many things. And I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh. So that is the reason that I homeschooled and unschooled my child right there is because it wasn't for academics. It was because I want the tape that plays in his head the rest of his life to say that to him. I'm good at so many things. I can't even decide what to do. I'm so, I'm so good at, I wanted his confidence and his, um, his opinion of himself to remain intact and not be, you know, 
tested out of him by tests that are a literal black and white picture in this Dolby surround sound IMAX color version of life. You know, it's ridiculous. I don't do tests. I don't like tests. They, you know, we did test because we were required to take tests. Um, it was a joke to me. I never even opened the results. I threw them in the trash. I, I literally hand never have looked at them. And it's because I could tell he was learning. We could have conversations about whatever it was. And I would know that he knew this information. We would go, you know, see things and do things together. And I would be able to tell. But that lady, after her session, went, I, I like stalked her. <laughs> I went and found her, you know, like a good little, you know, type A personality that wanted to go shake the speaker's hand and appreciate them so much. And thank you for your time. And I learned so much and all that, but it was more than that. I was fangirling over her. <laughs> I wanted to talk to her. So she literally, after that whole day, she stayed in the parking lot with me for like an hour and talked to me and just kept telling me, you are going to be so good at this. You're, you've got this. You're going to, you are going to be surprised what you um, let go of. And you're going to be surprised of what you learn mm -hmm. during this process. And I have, I mean, I really have. It's she, she changed, she changed my whole mind about it. You know, as he got older, I kept you know, a lot of his friends, you know, did go on to regular um, like brick and mortar school, like for high school or, you know, a lot of them went to college. Um, they're at they're at the graduation age now, either last year or this year. So there's a lot of them graduating. There's like two of them that have gotten married. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I don't even know what to think about it. I'm like, wait a minute. That's not supposed to be happening, is it? But um, he he just he just has lived a, he's lived a good life because I just have really, you know, I, I want to, I wanted to talk to you and I wanted to share these things with you because I do feel he's very successful at his age now. I mean, I feel like he can do things that grown men don't know how to do. And he is very um, happy doing what he's doing. And so, you know, that's what every parent wants for their child. They want them to be happy and successful. So, you know, that's, that's really where we're at. I just wanted to share that with you because when you have a child that marches to the beat of their own drum and they're eight years old and the school is telling you they need this, they need that, take them out for this, they need extra that and all this kind of stuff where they're forcing it on you and you think they know because they're the experts. They're not the experts. You're the expert of your own child. And um, you can certainly consult with people and you can learn and you can, you know, I'm not bashing teachers or any of that. I mean, everybody's got that value that they can add to your life and just take, take what you need from it. You don't have to listen to every single thing because if somebody, and this is what I'm telling whoever watches this is that your child's going to turn out just fine. Your child's going to be just fine. They're going to be happy. They're going to be 
informed, they're going to be a functional member of society, and they're going to be happy. They're not going to be stressed out. They're not going to be somebody that they've been trained to be. They're just going to be themselves. And that's, to me, the biggest benefit from unschooling. It's the biggest benefit is that he really has grown up completely free from the, you know, forced um, expect judgment and judgment, expectations, Mm -hmm. um, peer pressure. um, Just, he just doesn't have it. I I don't even know what to, what to add to that. He just doesn't have it. You know, he just never had it. So, but he's, um, and everyone, you know, not that, I mean, he's my child. So of course I think he's great, but a lot of the people that have met him, you know, former coworkers and, you know, they're just like, you know, he's so polite and he's so well, you know, well spoken. And I mean, he, he doesn't act like a child that grew up in high school where they kind of don't talk to adults or they're, you know, a little aloof or, you know, he walks up to everyone. In fact, even from a young age, he walked up to when I worked in cosmetics, he walked up to someone and said, hi, my name's Tyler Gasquez. I don't believe we've met. Karen's my mother. And I was like, who's this kid? (laughs) What's happening here? He seemed to be very, um, I don't know. He saw it somewhere. That's where, but that's where he learned it from. Right. Like when you're living and engaged with life, you see these things and you try them. And that's how his whole life is. That's how his whole life is. I mean, he, when I, all those youngster things like learning to read and write, and he still hates to write. So whatever he types, you know, He hates to write. I said, sign your name like a rock star. Just sign it the same way every time. It doesn't matter. Like, just <laughs> sign your name like, woo, woo, Like, you know, <laughs> and type everything. Now he can talk to his phone and text and type and do whatever. And um, so he just never really liked that. I think he had dysgraphia, although he was really never just diagnosed with that. He just, he never liked it. He never liked to color. He didn't like that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um And it was weird because that just reminded me of a story from from preschool because he didn't go to preschool or anything right before kindergarten. I was like, I guess he needs to go to preschool. He doesn't he doesn't go to school at all. Like He doesn't know anything like how to do anything with other kids. And um, they that's when they first brought me in after he had um, they tested him by doing some weird little they made him color something and cut something out. And she was showing the lady. Mm, she was showing me, this is an example of average. And this is an example of Tyler's and blah, 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 blah. And it felt like someone was driving a nail in my head the whole time she was talking to me. I was like, <sighs> and she, and she was like, well, you know, we can, we can get more. Te-. I said, I said, do you know what this tells me? And she's like, what does it tell you? I said, it tells me that he is not going to get a job coloring or cutting things out when he grows up. <laughs> not going to do that for a living. So, and, and that was, that was the beginning of it. And then the, the full force was that woman at the homeschool conference. She just, 
And then I had a I had a good friend of mine um, that still to this day she said, Karen, that p- kids don't have to know everything. They just need to know where to find answers. You know, they need to be able to look things up and be curious and um, know that there is an answer out there for them. All the learning to read and all of that. Now, that's what he does. He reads for pleasure. He he's a lot. He likes a lot of that the fan fiction stuff. You know from different movies that he grew up with that, you know, Star Wars and that sort of thing. Like I'll go in there and I think, what is all that like writing all over his computer? It's like the whole screen is nothing but words. And I'm like, what's he doing? He's reading. And I have to be honest, I didn't teach him how to read. I mean, I taught him a little bit. I mean, I taught him his alphabet and the sounds. And of course, you know, first grade, read every night, sign the book, that whole thing. We did that. But after that, he just kind of took it on. And there's not a word that you could put in front of him that he can't read now. So, but I didn't do it. I didn't make him fill out sheets of paper or anything. (laughs) And he just learned to do it. Um, When he was in high school, that, that was a little bit of a toughie for me because again, I do have those, um, touch points of the other kids that he went to school with or like that homeschooled with that, um, you know, we're going to college or did go to regular school. And I kept second guessing myself. I'm like, Oh, should I be doing this? Should I be doing this? And we didn't do it. And we didn't do a lot of formal anything other than what he wanted to do. You know, when he, when he wanted to learn something, we learned it. You know, when we, when he was curious about something, we learned it. And that's kind of, that's kind of his high school. And that's also when we were in California and I worked a lot. So he, he really just was, he was, he remained curious. And so his curiosity is what made him learn. And, and because it wasn't trained out of him, He's still curious. Yeah, it wasn't put off such that he just learned not to ask questions because nobody helped him figure out. And so, you know, how to, how to learn the things that you're curious right. about. You know, we, we help them. We answer the questions. But soon enough, we don't have a lot of the answers, right? So then you're exploring together. Like, there were so many beautiful pieces in that whole and all those stories there, Karen. Thank you so much that this the keeping the curiosity alive Mm -hmm. which when you're not telling them what to do and telling them what they're curious about is wrong or meaningless what you really should be curious about is what i'm telling you you need to learn next right no you're keeping their curiosity fresh because i feel feel like an accidental unschooler but it worked (laughs) it worked out I mean, the other piece that you talked about that you that um, that homeschooling mom that you spoke to really helped you nail in on right up front is the value of the relationship. That was all that was her whole thing. Yep, it was. It was the whole thing. And she gave me an example. She did. She told me. She said, Karen, what would I said, well, how do I find out what he's interested in? I mean, he's not at home, you know, now he's at school and she's like, well, if you left him alone, what would he do? And I was like, 
hmm, well, he'd probably play video games. And she said, and so how does, how does he think that you feel about that? Yeah. And I said, well, he probably thinks that I want him to turn it off and read a book instead. And that he plays too many video games and he's on it all day long and on and on and on. And she was like, okay, so what if the next time he's playing video games, you go and pull up a chair next to him and ask him, does he mind if you watch? And then ask him, how did he get so far in this game? And did he start off being this good or did he have to practice at it? And how many times did he do it before he got all the way through the game? And all of these probing questions to where he was able to um, play his highlight reel of this video game and how proficient he was at it. And the reason she gave me for that was because later in life, when he has a problem, you're going to go back to the video game days and you're going to say, were you great at this right when you started it? Or did you have to practice? Did you have to give it a lot of effort? Did you have to do it for hours and hours and hours to be good at it? And it just, again, was like a ding dong boom in my head <laughs> because that was who he was. He was, he loved it. He still plays video games. He's great at it. Um, obviously it's a huge phenomenon. The whole entire world has now where there's, I mean, it's like way bigger than I ever would have imagined, but that was, that was just her tiny little lesson to me about how to value what he's good at and get him to understand that it's not less than that it is just as good as him being good at math or him being a fabulous speller or that he, you know, was, went to school every single day or anything. It is back to the interest, right? Because when you help them dive into whatever the interest is, whether it's video games or numbers, or, you know, crafts, or whatever, or trains, you know, it's the process. It's the learning process that you're supporting, and you're engaging with. And I love how she, you know, she would just gave you some ideas. Was on she not brilliant? I mean, she like voodooed me or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like mesmerized. It was the most sensible thing I had ever heard in my life. I was just like, <laughs> wow, this woman needs like sage and stuff all around. I mean, she just, <laughs> but it was to me, it was brilliant. It was just brilliant. And it was a hundred percent the right thing to do. Um, and I feel, you know, now slightly rewarded by it, even though, uh, again, I guess all good parents question themselves the whole, the whole entire time that their child is growing up. They're like, is this right? Is this wrong? Am I doing it right? Am I doing it enough? Should I change? We did what we did and here we are mm -hmm. and it turned out okay. <laughs> <laughs> It turned out okay. Yay. And um, he thinks, you know, he still feels, um, he still is able to, you know, get down on himself a little bit. But guess what? He has taught himself how to do all of this. Yeah. Every tool. He learned how to play the guitar by himself 
learned it on his own because he was interested in it. He goes, mom, you can just go to the internet. There's a site called playanysong.com. <laughs> I was like, okay. And so he just learned, he learned how to do the things he wanted to do with his life. And, um, and he's happy about it, but he has perseverance for it. And I think it's because he does feel like he can figure things out and, that's how that is how we can help them because you know what as adults we're not all going to have happy times there are going to be hard times there are going to be challenging and frustrating times and things are going to go sideways on us but that we didn't protect them from it like put an artificial framework on their childhood so you know and the things that go wrong for a child like typically and hopefully you know they aren't big, horrible things. They are at the level that they can handle. They are at the level of the life that they're having, right? Right. So they get lots of practice, not because we're making things hard, like, like the idea that, oh, you know, we shouldn't make their life too easy because they got to know that life's hard. No, no, life has enough real hard moments to make (laughs) them up for them, right? Right, right. But it's a muscle that they that they exercise it's a practice that they get and and that is what comes of it that i've seen too is that they just they get a sense as they get older and they've been through it more and more times that you know what i'll get through it i don't even know how yet or what it's going to look like but it and even can have some overwhelming times for a moment to know that they can just sit with that and something will come out. Something will come. Right. It's that trust in themselves, that self-confidence right. from having all these experiences and growing up, um, figuring these things out with support. Right. And right. You know, your parents were always going to be there for support as well. And that, I, that that'll lead us nicely because I wanted to talk about, you mentioned earlier how Tyler likes to marinate, needs to marinate and things oh, yes. with things. And that was something that was really valuable um, when I began unschooling, that shift, because I didn't really understand how important that kind of downtime was, that, oh, you yeah. know, that type A, got to choose, got to be productive, got to keep going. It keep is going. so part of our life now <laughs> that it is, I, I mean, it is so part of our life now that, and I, I am very relaxed compared to Karen ago. Karen I mean, I, I feel, I feel like I've just, you can have all the plans in the world that you want to have, but um, if your child is not ready to do those plans, then it's like you're beating your head against a wall. I mean, it's like, they're just not, it's not today, not today, you know, not today. And we have those days even still now where it's just, you know, what, whatever, for whatever reason, you know, but he identifies them. Okay. I used to kind of had to, you know, when your baby starts cranky, whatever, are they sleepy? Are they hungry? What do they need? Whatever, you know, and they're, elementary or whatever you can they can give you some input they're tired they don't feel good they're hungry whatever but as they get older um the thing that I have noticed is that he vocalizes to me he's like I just can't 
get my head straight. Like I can't think of what I'm supposed to be doing. I keep doing something and starting something. And then, and I said, well, you know what it sounds like to me? It sounds like we just need a break. We just need to start over tomorrow. Like take the day. Mm -hmm. And, and he does. And, but he knows that it's kind of like, there's, he needs to sort things out, but he spent a lot of time in his room. A lot of time. He loved when he was little, he loved to um, play act like role play. And, you know, I feel like that's where he got a lot of his um, social interactions, how, you know, how to have conversations with people and stuff. Um, he now, like the other day, he's doing, I said, what were you out in the shop doing? He said, I was doing a tool review. I was like, you're doing a tool review. <laughs> he said, yes. So he's so knowledgeable about the tools that he has saved, worked, saved the money for, researched, figured it out what he wants, that now he is such an expert about it that he literally has his camera set up in the shop and he's doing a tool review. And it's because um, that's what he felt like doing that day instead of like sawing and hammering and doing whatever he does out there. That's, that's, it's just a different, completely different um, feeling to him on those days. He knows what he needs on the days that he needs it, but used to be, it just needed to be like a day off, like a day off from school. Like don't try to, and it would, and it was a real thing. It's not, it's not just a, oh, we're not going to, you know, work today because it's, it's harder. It was, we would literally pick up what it was that we wanted to do the next day and it would fly by like nothing. Just like effortless. Whereas the day before we both, you know, would almost end up in tears where it was like, ah, why is this so hard? This isn't hard. <laughs> it was because of whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah, because it's it was whatever. I don't know what it was, but yes, sometimes it's so hard if you have to actually like try to put to words, but something's just not settled. Mm -mm. Right? Exactly. And That's the word. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not settled. It needs he needs time to think about what he's doing. I am the same way, to be honest now. I feel the same way. Like if I I I get a little cranky if I don't get to come into the office and turn on just the lamp. I don't want the overhead, just the lamp, get my notebook out, look at what I, I need my time to think about what I want to say or do or focus on, um, reassess like what's been done, what needs to be done, but in a quiet way, in a way that's soft and not hard. And I feel he's the same way. I feel he really does need that. Um, and it's okay to have those different days. Every day doesn't need to be the same. You don't have to have every day the same. Now my, my, his stepdad, um, my husband, Tim, um, was in the army, not as a career, but he, he is a lot of more, you know, get up, make the bed, do this, do that. And I'm just like, oh, <laughs> that's not me. <laughs> he calls me Karen Kane. <laughs> it's like Karen's <laughs> been in this room. <laughs> but it's because I, we lived a relaxed life and I wish it for everyone. <laughs> even, even.
even for Tim, right? Yes. He understands what gives him comfort. Well, you know, he's, he's relaxed quite a bit in these last six years. I'll tell you, because (laughs) when I first met him, it was like dinner was at a certain time. And, and I was just, I looked at him. I was like, you realize that I'm not even home from work then, right? (laughs) We don't do that here. (laughs) <laughs> so he he's learned to relax you know it's a good thing it, you can be a little too you know I guess lax but I think I think one of the challenging things is is that we um, grow up like in our society with that whole productivity message mm-hmm. right and we are taught implicitly almost to beat ourselves up if we can't like push through and get the thing done. Yeah. And I know I did a lot of work processing that and a lot of experience of my own. Okay. Like if I feel that I am not quite ready, like no matter how much I try to push myself to do that. And through enough experiences, I came to see that pushing myself so often it took 10 times longer. Right. I gave myself the grace to take the space and maybe do something completely different. Like you're saying, like do a tour review instead of actually work doing right. the production work. Right. You know, to trust myself to follow that. Mm-hmm. Because then I got that thing done. And then the thing that finally fell into place the next day or two days later or a week later it happens so quick and I can just get through it so quickly because it has sorted itself out. Well, I think for me, my days are better. And I'm, you know, if you're going to measure product, I'm getting more things that I wanted to get done, done in the bigger picture rather than having a predefined schedule and beating myself over the head to get this done this day. Right. That trust in I need to learn it. I do. I need to yeah. learn it because what happens is I am that go, 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 do, 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 finish it, get more done, do one more, that sort of thing. And what happens is I'm worn out the next day. Like I'm good for nothing. Yeah, <laughs> I can do it. I can do it. But then I pay for it. And so instead give yourself the gift of that pace where it's okay if you don't get one more done or all of it done or start, you know, another project and have five things in the fire at the same time. Like just, you know, you do your best work when you're able to focus on just a couple things instead of everything and all of it's now. Mm -hmm. And you would think I would have learned this by now, but I, still do it to myself. And, and we did it to ourselves earlier this week. We both did. We were both just, and then over the weekend, even though it was a beautiful weekend and we're so sick of rain. I mean, we were, we're so sick of rain and it was sunshiny and beautiful. And we were both so worn out. We couldn't do anything like we just, uh, and, but you know what? We also forgave ourselves for being worn out and just said, well, whatever, (laughs) I guess we're going to lay around and relax. (laughs) I mean, that's how we learn through those experiences. That's, I always like to think of it as playing, like, because that kind of takes the judgment and expectation off and also um, doesn't tell me, okay, you can never do this. You can, because sometimes you want to put all that on your plate. Sometimes 
it feels right. You know, I'm going to knock that out and I'm going to knock that yeah. out and I'm going to knock that out. And yes, I'm going to be completely, you know, relaxed for the weekend or whatever. But remembering back to the beginning, remember those are all our choices, right? And we see how they play out and we see what today brings and we make more choices, you know? So, because then if I try to say, oh, don't do that, you know, that gets in my way just as much as telling myself you should do that. Oh, for sure. Should not do that. You know, all those shoulds are just Mm -hmm. a layer of goop that actually gets in the way of the flow of my... I agree. I agree. My, I, um, you know, a couple years ago, ran across another um, mentor lady from a, from a podcast that um, I really enjoyed. And it was about goal setting and how she doesn't do goals anymore. Mm -hmm. And um, the reason why it was started through a new year's Eve um, ritual that her and her husband had, like every new year's Eve, you'd have the resolution, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. She's like, well, that never works out. So um, it's just another thing, another list of things that you can feel bad about yourself because you didn't check off. Mm -hmm. And so now she has people ask themselves, what will I do to feel the way I want to feel? Not... I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. And she gives very kind of basic examples like, um, well, we're going to get new dining room. You know, we're going to get a new dining room furniture, a new kitchen table. And so instead of writing, you know, kitchen table and then check it off or not check it off as a goal, like you want a new, she's like, it is ask yourself why, why do you want it? Well, because then we would all sit down and have dinner together more often. And, you know, we would be able to share our lives, you know, better around a meal. So basically what it is, how would that make you feel? Well, it would make me feel more connected to my family, my kids and my husband, you know, not rushed. And we're all like, take that moment to sit down and actually eat a meal for 30 minutes together. So the goal is really not the kitchen table. You know, the goal is how do you want to feel? You want to feel connected and you're going to do the things that it takes in order to feel that way. And so if you kind of like practice that with a lot of different way, different things, um, you know, that's that's a way to um, sort of kind of put the goal thing aside and start talking about what you will actually do um, to feel the way you want to feel. And what I love, love, love that. And what is so cool about that? Because yeah, I stopped with goals and resolutions. Goals are hard. You know, it's hard for yeah. Because you want to do those things, but you've got to dig a little deeper. And and when you focus on on the feelings Mm -hmm. and and what you're trying to cultivate with it, right? So often, I found that that one path wasn't necessarily the only way to create that. Right. Right. You know, even if it was that time together and yet we found meals, wasn't it? But then all of a sudden it's the time together that's in my mind, not get a new kitchen table, right? Right. That's what's in your mind. And then you start seeing possibilities to do that all over the place. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and, and yeah, it's just so much more 
effective in reaching, like taking that next level to like to dig a bit deeper as to what am I really trying to accomplish exactly. with that thing? Mm-hmm. And then the creative possibilities open up. And just living that way with our kids too. For like, sure. So often I learn these things from watching my kids. Right. It's such a it's such a gift to give a young person to teach them how to think about things like this instead of just like, you know, bracing for the impact yeah. <laughs> of <laughs> like just sticking your chin out and ready for your yeah. face to get demolished. You know, like just give them that guidance about how to, you know, ride the the wave of life and mm-hmm. not get so caught up about the way that things are supposed you get it from everywhere. I mean, he, he, all, he, my child did not get a lot of that from me, but he lives in this world. Exactly. Yeah. He got it. He, he has it. It's in mm-hmm. him. Yeah. He, he, he has it. Um, you know, and thank goodness he probably doesn't have as much, you know, maybe as others, but he has it. And you can't, you can't take it away from them because that would mean you have to have like no ears and no eyes, his eyes everywhere. (laughs) It's all over the place. But it's processing with them, Mm -hmm. right? It's the working through those things. It's having those conversations about, you know, how does that apply? How does that make me feel? Does that make sense to me? You know, are there other ways to look at it? And even understanding, you know, where those views are coming from. Empathy for for more people in in the world, in their life, you know, understanding where they're coming from Mm -hmm. and finding our place like that. It's okay. So it's not about like you were saying back to school and teachers. It's not about judging any of it. Them or or, you know, um, in negatively even you know talking about the because what if our kids decide they they do want to try out school or whatever but right that's that's the point is that these things um exist and exist as part of their life so better to understand them rather than just right vilify them i think so also too just kind of as you were speaking it makes me think of how many parents right now um, were thrust into becoming homeschoolers this past year. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, think that something, you know, some of them embraced it and figured it out. Um, probably like I did, like, okay, well, we're home now. <laughs> what we gonna do? <laughs> and they, and they made the best of it, whether it was, you know, getting to spend more time with their kids, being more in tune to them, know what their needs are, um, you know, have a new routine, make the best of it, you know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But then there are those probably now that are thinking that they've missed out on something, that they're behind, that they've done, you know, some some terrible thing has happened. And I just feel like they they that that's not true, that I think that they're being at home um if learning was happening in any regard, if they've learned anything, if they have been curious, if they've discovered a new thing that they like, um, because they had the time to think about it, 
and not being rushed from this to this to this to this and then off to their extracurriculars, um, off to their music lessons. You know, maybe they loved music and they only got music once a week. Now they get music every day. Yeah. And so I I just think that um, a lot of people probably have a different outlook now about, um, you know, the whole staying at home and learning situation, whether whatever it may be, mm-hmm. because I, I do, I feel like, you know, that's one thing that you, time is something that you just, you can't, you can't get it back. There's never enough of it. Um, so being able to let them choose some of what they're doing, which, you know, I know that they had virtual and online and all that. I, I know that they did, but there was no change in classes. There was time for that. There was no, you know, waiting to get to school and back to school. I mean, there was, there's, they had a lot more time on their hands. These kids that normally are go, go, go from one thing to the next. And so I, I have to think in a, in a world of what, what I know to be true from our experience of life, that that was a good experience for them, even though they probably missed their friends and that normal way of life that they were used to, there had to be something good come out of it. Just the slower pace of them being able to choose things that were interesting to them, yeah. you know, I love think. <laughs> okay. So looking back, what for you has been the most valuable outcome, do you think, of choosing unschooling? Well, I mean, I feel like the most valuable part for me is that um, Tyler's happy and that he chose um, a profession that he can do his entire life, um, that he feels you know, confident in himself that, you know, that is probably my most valuable thing. And it's, it really almost to this year, even though he's 23 now, it probably has taken me all the way to this year to really start to a little bit, maybe pat myself on the back, just a little bit, you know, like <laughs> I did it. <laughs> he's, he's grown up and he's doing this and it's just, um, you know, because you, you, of course, like I said before, you want your child to be happy and you want him to be successful. And I, I think he's both of those things. And so, yay, me. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me, Karen. I really appreciate it. It was so much fun. It was. Thank you so much. Oh, that's wonderful. Uh, and before we go, uh, where can people connect with you online? Well, we have... Um, our shop um, is called Sawdust and Sage. We have an Etsy shop. Um, if you're in North Carolina, we also have, um, you know, in the Raleigh, North Carolina area, we have benches and outdoor furniture people put around their fire pits or on their front porches, benches, that sort of thing. So they're pretty heavy to ship. But if you live around here, we can bring them to your house. Um, but our Etsy shop or also on Facebook, we have a huge um page there as well. Um, Sawdust and Sage. Sawdust is Tyler and I'm the Sage. (laughs) That's awesome. We'll definitely put links to those in the show notes. Thank you so much. Have a great day. 
Thanks. Bye. Bye, Pam. I hope you found this episode helpful on your unschooling journey. And be sure to check out the growing podcast archive. The conversations never go out of date. You can find more information about my books, the Living Joyfully Network online community, and the Childhood Redefined Unschooling Summit online course at my website, livingjoyfully.ca.